We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Hi and welcome to Wine with Megan Mal. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel and I have a corkscrew tattoo on my back, so I think that's pretty much all you need to know to get a good idea of me. I'm joined by Meg Brotman. She uh, she likes to call my dog Princess. She loves Shit's Creek and she likes to call me Alexis. And she's an MW, which means Master of Wine, but she likes to call it Master Wanker. Well, all of that's true except for Master Wanker. I am a Master of Wine, but um, <laughs> you are your dog is a princess and she's beautiful, and you are Alexis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, so. Like, I mean, I'll take it. I love her. She's fabulous. <laughs> so, I want to start off this week by um, a little shout out to people who've been messaging in to tell us how it's going out in the trade. We've had a message from someone who works at Dan's who said that after listening, they were able to. Um, uh, sell a nice Pinot Noir in their store. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's good to be able to just listen and talk to people then without too much confusing language around what you're doing so people can understand what we're saying. It means yeah. the, the customer can understand what you're saying. So well done. That's great. And I'm Pinot, good. best grape variety. <laughs> I'm not biased at all. Uh, we love hearing um, all of this, everything. If if we're getting through to you, definitely let us know. And, of course, if you have any questions, let us know. But before we get too far into this week, you been drinking anything interesting lately, Meg? What have I had this? Oh, yes, we had this amazing um, Sylvaner Gruner oh, from Germany. So Grunerveld, oh, yes, yes, grape yes. variety, Sylvaner, very neutral, pretty ordinary grape variety, touted as the... Uh, Monrachet, which is a very expensive Chardonnay from Burgundy, of white wines of Germany for 30 bucks. It was a really good wine. Wow. And where can we buy this? Uh, Prince Wine Store. All right. Well, keep that in mind. On allocation, though, I might afford it all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's just rude if no one can get it. First in, best dressed. (laughs) All right. And I've asked you to bring a fun fact every week. What do you got? Okay, so we're doing sparkling wine this week, so we had to talk about champagne. Um, Did you know that champagne originally started out as a still table wine like Burgundy, so Chardonnay and Pinot from Burgundy. No. And it was obviously some naughty winemaker bottled the wine with a little bit of sugar and it started to re-ferment in the bottle and Dom Perignon famously said, I'm tasting stars. Wait, so it wasn't intentional? No. Champagne was just another region of France that made still table wine. Wow. And Dom Perignon, wasn't he a monk? Yes, he was. What? But they do drink a lot. Oh, well, there you go. They must live a good life then. Well, it's all that... um, What's it called? Church wine? No, altar wine. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> hey, well, if altar wine is champagne, yep. it might be enough to get me going back to church. And there you go. So it started out that <laughs> it was a winemaking mistake, so you always learn from your mistakes, and oh. sometimes it can make things better. Well, I love that, and I love champagne. I've really been looking forward to this week. I'm mildly obsessed with champagne. But you know what? So many people are. Like, sparkling wine is just such a loved story. What is it about it that everyone seems to love so much? It's about celebration. You know, Mm. we don't normally open a bottle of bubbles just because it's Thursday night, although I do, (laughs) Um, and I'm sure Mel does. 
It's just, yeah, it's, it's celebratory, it's fun, it's, it's, it's associated with the best moments of our lives, getting married, having babies, you know. Does that mean you should only drink it in celebration? No, every day is a celebration, <laughs> particularly at the moment. You know, we've gone through a pretty hard yeah. year, so break out the bubbles whenever you feel like it, I say. Oh, I'm really glad you say that because that's definitely what I do. So I think with sparkling wine, I think this is the case with a lot of wines, but I think particularly with sparkling wine, there's just so many terms get thrown around and it's really hard to keep up with what they all mean. It's so confusing. So I think it's really hard to choose a bottle. Do you think that's the case? It is. And I think a lot of it comes back to the fact that with Europe, it's named after the place rather than... Yeah. The grape, or they don't just call it sparkling wine. So we often refer to sparkling wine made in Australia as champagne, which we shouldn't do. And then you throw Prosecco into the mix. You throw in sparkling Moscato, which is known as Spumante in Italy. And then you've got Cava and sparkling reds. It is very confusing. It's a big, big field of wine. Yeah. All right. Well, we're doing the podcast the fun way today. Uh, All of the wines we're talking about, we're going to be drinking as we're going. So we're really doing it right. And it's uh, all just for you. It doesn't benefit, benefit us in any way, shape, yeah, or form. This is terrible. I'm hating it. Um, why don't we kick off with Prosecco? Prosecco is so trendy right now. What's, what's the deal with it? So Prosecco is a wine made in Italy and originally it's up in the Veneto region of Italy. So it's in the north. It's made from a great variety that has had many names, one of which was Prosecco. Um, but now they've changed the name to Glera, which was one of its names as well. And it's all about freshness, you know, mm. the way it's made. There's none of that yeasty Vegemite Lees yeah. character that you sometimes see in champagne. This is about lovely pear, pear drop, apple freshness. And I think it's, um, it's had such a resurgence recently. A, it's affordable. The one we're drinking today was $15. I mean, and it's delicious. Yeah. It's Prosecco. It's easy to pronounce. We all know what we're talking about. It's made in Australia as well. It's fresh and clean and can go with any occasion. You can actually drink it almost as a wine. Yeah. I, I do think it's very approachable. In fact, one of my – well, my best friend – I drink a lot of wine with her. She's like lucky enough to be the person I always call if I open a nice bottle. Good. And um, <laughs> there was a couple of times in a month that I had real champagne with her. And she's like, I, I'm sorry, I hate to admit this, but I just love this. She loved the Jacob's Creek Prosecco. She just wanted to keep going back to it. That's fun. Yeah. It's it's fresh. It's fun. My only, one of the things that I find that I struggle with with Prosecco is they have so many different sugar levels. Now, most people probably don't take any notice mm. of it. And my recommendation is just look for Brut. Yeah. Like you would for a sparkling wine or yeah. a, a a champagne don't buy something that says extra dry or dry because in fact they're sweeter than the brute so they've it's the italian laws like to complicate things as much as possible yeah yeah okay so what's this one we're tasting right now so this is a um zonin prosecco so it's from prosecco or the veneto in in italy and it's just it's that pear, mm. um, pear drop, apple, green apple, red apple. I, I talk about these wines sometimes as orchard wines. Yeah. It's yeah. sort of like that smell of pears ripening on a tree and apples and yeah, it's just, and it's delicious and it would be beautiful as an apple spritz. Oh yeah. You know what? Sometimes I must admit I can be a bit of a snob. And I prefer to drink like a nice champagne or something rather than a Prosecco, but I'm actually enjoying this. This is, I mean, 
for fifteen dollars, I don't see where you can go wrong. The balance is right, like mm. the what we call the dosage, which is the amount of sugar that they put in just to balance the acidity. It's perfect. So it's got a touch of fruit sweetness yeah. from that that sugar. Um, it's not a complex wine, and you don't want a complex wine in prosecco. No. It's fun and enjoyable, and sitting by the pool or having a picnic. Okay, so this is a Italian prosecco, but I mentioned before. Like Australian companies like Jacobs Creek has a Prosecco. Um, Brown Brothers famously has Prosecco. How come we can have Prosecco in Australia but we can't have a champagne in Australia? Because, and we're in court at the moment with the Italians (laughs) over this, um, years ago Prosecco as a grape name was listed as a synonym for Glera. So we are calling the wine in Australia Prosecco after the grape name. Mm. Now, the Italians have got very upset about this because we're doing very well with our Proseccos, <laughs> and so we should because they're great coming out of Australia. Yeah. But they think we're using their place name, but we're not. We're using what they traditionally refer to as the grape name. So it's there's a little bit of argy-bargy going on about it all. Right. I, we looks like we're win because we found a document dating back to 1864 or something that says that actually it is Prosecco and it's written in the original law for Prosecco. So unlike Champagne, which is a place, yeah. Prosecco is both a place but also a great variety. And that's the wow. kind of loophole that we've got through to call it Prosecco. Because I've noticed um, in Canada you can't do it. So products here, like say something – that was called a Prosecco Spritz in Canada. It was renamed to be called an Aperol, not Aperol, um, Aperitivo Spritz or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So in Canada you can't use Prosecco. That maybe they've got a different agreement with Europe because yeah. we signed a, an agreement with Europe in the 90s so that we wouldn't use place names. But in this case we're not using a place name, we're using a grape name. So we can call it Prosecco which is referring to the grape variety, but as we all know it's referring to the style as well. Yeah. Okay, so – Prosecco, we know it's fruity and fresh and delicious. Would you ever pair it with food or do you think it's best just kind of sitting around having a glass with friends? Best pairing I ever had with this. I'm going to sound like a bit of a wanker, but it was in Italy. Um, sitting outside a beautiful Italian villa, drinking Prosecco with fresh chunks of pear oh. on a skewer with fresh chunks of parmesan cheese. On a skewer? I know. The woman who owned the house <laughs> brought it out and I looked at it and thought, Cheese and fruit, not so good. Yeah. It was amazing. Okay, I'm going to have to Absolutely amazing. And that night I cooked puttanesca. I don't know if you know puttanesca. So it's olives, anchovies, tomatoes um, with pasta. And I cooked that and finished off the Prosecco and it was a beautiful match. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, that's delicious. I'm really enjoying it. Um, And I think this one is available quite widely around Australia, right? It's pretty easy to pick up in just local liquor store. Yeah. So certainly um, any national liquor store would would have this wine. It's a very big brand, Zonin. Yep. Really well recognised. They've got a range usually, um, but just go for the brute. And really, you don't need to spend more than $20. Or or buy an Australian if you want to buy Australian. Okay, love that. All right, well, next we're going to go to we're tasting uh, what's called a Cuvée Blanc today. It is our Rob Dolan Cuvée Blanc. What, what does Cuvée Blanc even mean? Blanc, it means white. Cuvée is a French term for blend. So blended white, it's a marketing name. <laughs> um, you'll see a lot of white, you know, Cuvée Riche yeah. or Cuvée Fantastique or blah, blah, blah. Cuvée Fantastique. It just means 
blend. Um, okay. So cuvee, when we talk about champagne, because it is – oh, sparkling wine. It is such a blend of so many different wines traditionally. Yeah. You know, there's normally – over a hundred different base wines going into a, 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 the table, the base wine, sorry, stumbling over myself. Mm. That's why it's called cuvee. So this is just a French term that means, yeah, white white blend. So then what will the varietal be? Chardonnay. Chardonnay. And so we spoke the other week about Chardonnay and how it can be really like buttery and woody. And a lot of people say they don't like Chardonnay, but then they'll taste something like this in a sparkling format and they're really surprised to hear to, to find out that they really enjoy it. How come it presents itself so differently in sparkling form? When we make sparkling wine, we have to pick the grapes a little less ripe than we would for table wine because when we put the bubbles in, that's a second fermentation, and that's going to add a little bit more alcohol, so between 1% and 2%. So if we were picking at, say, 13%, which is a normal Chardonnay, say, mm. we add another 1% to 2%, mm. you'd have a 15% alcohol sparkling wine. Very Ooh. unattractive. <laughs> So but what you also want acid, that green apple acid that you get in a lot of sparkling wines, that comes from early ripening as well. So they're, they're, we pick them earlier, a little less ripe. So we pick them potential alcohol about 10.5% um, so that they've got some flavour, just ripe nectarine, a little bit of grapefruit, but we're really looking for that acidity as well. Okay, and can you describe how this is going to taste different to the Prosecco? This has got... Uh, with traditional sparkling wines in Australia, they are um, fermented in bottle, mm. so the secondary fermentation. This has been fermented in tank, but this style of wine that we've made, we age the wine for about six to nine months with the dead yeast leaves in tank. Sounds delicious. Well, it dead is delicious. Yum. I'm sorry, Vegemite is just dead yeast. <laughs> so basically... The wine doesn't taste like Vegemite. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> Um, but it takes on, as the yeast dies, think of bread. It takes on a brioche, yeah, okay, fresh yeah. dough, yeasty, yummy, yummy, yummy um, flavour. So that just mm. adds some complexity to the wine. You've got that Chardonnay, green apple, grapefruit, nectarine character, but lovely lift from the green apple acid um, and some of that brioche, bready character. So it's just a layer of complexity. You don't... With sparkling wine, because the grapes are kind of unripe mm. and would be a little bit sour, you need to add things in, um, but you don't want any one element to sort of stand over anything else. Yeah. I do think this is like such an aperitif style. I can really imagine sort of kicking off the night with something like this or before a meal is really springs to mind. I think the Prosecco it was a lot more like fruity or even kind of had the perception of sweetness almost. Yes. Even if it, it does have fruit, what we call fruit sweetness. Yeah. Definitely. Whereas this one, less so. It's more citrus, apple, kind of yep. like a little bit yeasty, but yep. very, very easy drinking. And this is what we hear actually in the salad door a lot as well, that it is just really easy to drink. It's it's something everyone loves. It is an amazing wine because we've done this, we've drunk this obviously on its own, but, you know, we've drunk it with food. I had it recently with um, pork and just pork crackling on oh Christmas Day. Oh, I didn't yum. feel like drinking anything red or any sort of big whites so yes. I had a glass of this perfect because the acid in it cuts through all the fat in the pork but then I would match anything with pork I just love pork so much you do love pork and then I would match sparkling wine with anything because I love sparkling wine so much <laughs> okay so this one how much are we going to spend around about and where can we get this one 20 to 25 dollars yep. um national retailers yep you can buy it beautiful so, 
Yeah, so I mean, I guess for the first one, of the Prosecco was around like 15. 15, really fruity, fresh. This one's a little bit more kind of layered complexity, yeah. but still kind of easy drinking. And then we move into Carver. Now, I love Carver. Carver is this, I think it should be cooler and trendier than it is. It's kind of just coming on the scene. And I really hope it does take off because I think it's a really exciting style of sparkling wine. Can you tell us about Carver? So Carver's from Spain. It can be made theoretically anywhere in Spain. Carver is the style, but the best ones come from Penedes, which is on the um, east coast of Spain, around Barcelona, a little bit north of Barcelona. If any of you have ever been to Salvador Dali's house, he's sort of smack bang in the middle of Penedes. It's made, it was made traditionally from Indigenous grape varieties, so Girello, Perillada, and Macabeo. Um, but more and more, we're seeing Chardonnay and Pinot Noir coming into the mix, and they're the sort of traditional. Oh. I know they're the traditional champagne grape varieties. Yeah. But I'm. I think Cava is such an interesting style on its own. Why change the the, oh, a, I, I the traditional agree. grape varieties? Yeah. It's it has to be second fermentation in bottle. That's how you get the bubbles, folks. The second fermentation puts the bubbles in. Does that mean in the same way as champagne? Yes. Okay. And the time that it ages on the dead yeast cells, so it sits in bottle after the second fermentation is finished for a minimum of nine months. So Mm -hmm. you get some of that, hate to say it, Vegemite (laughs) or brioche, bready character in the wine. Do you think Spanish winemakers would hate us saying Vegemite? I say it about champagne and the French hate it, but, (laughs) you know, too bad. (laughs) It's a descriptor everyone understands. If I say Vegemite, if I said to you, aldehyde or yeast leaves, you may not understand what I'm talking about, but Vegemite, that is at its most extreme, though. Yes. Um, so you do get some of that brioche bready character in it. For me, good carver should smell – it always smells a bit dirty but in a good way. Oh, my God, I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Oh, my so God, I, I was smelling that and I wasn't putting my finger on what oh, it was. I, th- I describe it as dirty lemons. I don't know uh, – and I, th- I think about it as – driving down a dusty road and having behind someone who's driving really fast and having the dust go into my mouth and sort of having lemonade. There's this dirty lemon character that I really, really love about Carver because it's totally. kind of savoury and fruity at the same time yeah. and you don't really see that. You certainly don't see that in the Prosecco. It's not in the Cuvée Blanc and when you move to Champagne, they're a bit more serious and a bit more complex. So Carver mm. is... It is a bit of an unsung hero. Yeah. It's huge when I was living in the UK. Yeah. Um, it was much cheaper than champagne. This was, again... What's what's this one? This is a Freycinet or Freshenet, people call it. <laughs> um, they actually did their marketing. Freycinet. It comes in a black bottle, so it's very cool. And it, this, again, I think was like 15 or $20. Okay. I have, I have a confession. I've never bought... I've seen this before as Carver and I've never bought it because I thought it seemed too cheap to well, be good Carver. What do you think? I really like it. I like it a lot. It's one of the biggest brands in the world. Yeah. Um, it would be the best known Carver brand by far. <laughs> the thing I love about it is there's this floral, almost jasmine. So you've got that dirty lemon and mm. then this jasmine feel to it. So I, I, love, I really love Carver. And you think about that tapasy kind of meal that the, the yes. Spanish do, warm summer's night or even these sort of oh. late summer autumnal days, sitting out having a little bit of chorizo and prawn. We had some the other night with um, 
We did squid on the barbecue. Stop. Yeah, and Yum. the classic potato tortilla. It's just a perfect okay, love tortilla. match. Okay, so cover. Can there be an Australian cover? No, because it's, uh, it's a registered name and it's kind of connected to Penedes. If there was a great variety called carver, mm. then yes, we could. But okay. since it's made from these three, indi- well, they're not indigenous. Well, Periyata and Girello are mm. um, to Spain. We couldn't make one. I'm so impressed at how well you pronounce. I've seen the carver varietals written before and I always <laughs> struggle saying them. They just roll off the tongue for you. The worst thing <laughs> is they're actually um, the Catalan language, so they're not ah. true Spanish. So Girello, so it's je, je, je. And the other thing, I learnt my okay. Spanish in Latin America where we don't do the lisp, whereas ah. often when I'm talking about Spain, I'll say Barcelona because that's what they'll say. You're one of those guys. Well, reportedly after a king, at least, so that people <gasps> who settled in Latin America settled before the king was king and so never heard him speak. Oh, my God. Don't know how true that is, but that's one of, <laughs> you know, the stupid facts that you I You heard care. it from a master of wine, so it must be true. Yeah, it's Barcelona. I don't know. don't know if it's true, but that's what I heard. Okay, well, look, I'm just so keen to get to tasting this champagne. And I feel like this probably needs a fair bit more explanation. Champagne is so expensive. Getting real champagne, like minimum you're paying, well, all the stuff I see is what, like 40, 50 bucks. Why is it so much more than everything else, even if it's made in the same way? Um, yield. Champagne's a really cool part. Not a cool as in cool kids part, but a cool, <laughs> a cool climate part of um, France. So the yields are kept low. The Champenoise also control the yields. Mm-hmm. So they're not getting a lot from their land. Okay. Um, the land prices are very expensive, but it is a long, slow process. So you make the base wine. Like I said, there's 130 different base wines, some from Chardonnay, some from Pinot Noir, some made from this plot, some made from that plot. They're all made separately. They're then blended together. Rebottled okay. with a little bit of yeast and a little bit of sugar with a crown seal, which is what's on a beer bottle, and they go through the secondary fermentation in bottle. That doesn't always occur, so then they have to go through and make sure that all the uh. bottles have gone through. They have to age it for a minimum of two years on yeast lease, so that's two years and not getting any money. Yeah. Um, and there's a cost because they have to – you know, the storage costs associated with that. They yep. then have to get the yeast from the wine into the neck. So that's a process called riddling. It's done by hand or done by cages. And then they have to freeze that. The, so the riddling, don't they have to turn it like a specific certain amount of degrees every... A quarter of degree every day. Every day. Jeez. And I mean, I've done it. Every bottle individually. Every bottle. Jeez. So <laughs> I've done it. They're on riddling tables, which are sort of... Um, sandwich board tables yeah, really yeah. and the bottles are inverted on them Wow! and they do it but they, those guys go yeah I've never seen a woman do it but the, the blokes do it really really quickly I did it and then they mark on the bottle where they've moved it to I mean it's beautiful but tr- realistically most champagne is done in cages now so the okay. cages move okay. 500 I mean, bottles that still must be amazing to yeah. see like there's big cages just turning a little yeah. bit every yeah. they're called gyro pallets in france but here in australia we call them vlms and i kid you not that stands for very large machines no we don't oh we it's so embarrassing sometimes aren't we i think it's a great word <laughs> gyro pallets vlm 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we must be really excited about sparkling wine because we're already over time. So we'll aim to wrap it up soon, but just a little bit on what are we drinking? What's this champagne? So this is the Mum Cordon Rouge um, best bang for your buck because it shows all that apple um cross bun spice yeah. of the wine but also the lovely yeasty mm. brioche character and this yeah. is a 45 i think i paid for it i think when it's on sale you get it pretty cheap you can yeah. get it but i think this was on special yeah i think um, i normally say like 50 55 but if you're between 45 i'd say about 65 dollars you're drinking very well yes but this i tell you what i love them it's beautiful. I, it, it really is. It's one of my favorite champagnes, even though it's one of the most like money friendly ones. There, I've seen some um, in some of the large retailers. They've got their uh, cheaper champagnes now, and actually, they're not bad. Even Aldi's, I mean, it tastes one. Even Aldi's. Oh my god, I've tasted the Aldi one. It's really it's good. Not, it's crazy, not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, for a twenty dollar drink, I happily have that for and champagne. And it tastes like champagne, and yep. that's kind of it. Twenty bucks. That's all you're asking. Okay, I know I said we'd wrap it up, but how come, Meg? I think I know that um, like regions are so prominent, and you can taste different regions and different wines. And it's normally really subtle. And for me, it's been such a process kind of tasting what the difference is between like Burgundy and Yarra and all the different regions in the world. But there's something about Champagne more than other wine to me that really, really stands out. Like if you had a lineup, if there was a lineup of sparkling wines, I reckon I could pick actual Champagne really easy. How come Champagne tastes so different? They've been growing the grapes for so long. This is an eternal question. They've been growing the grapes for so long that they achieve more fruit ripeness at earlier sugar levels than we do. So our sparkling wines in the new world sometimes look a little bit unripe. Yeah. Whereas in Champagne, Chardonnay at 9.5-10% potential alcohol has flavour, lots of flavour. And it's just because they've been there for so many years and it's so perfectly matched to their soils and their viticulture and everything. Wow. Well, there you go. Um, Oh, what would you eat with Champagne? Oh, the classic one's oysters, but yeah. um, anything anything briny and salty, but mm, also have no. a big chunk of lovely sourdough bread to lift that sourdough brioche. Yes. Character. Oh, all right. Look, that's all we're going to cover for all the sparkling wines, but send through questions. We'll answer them um, in coming episodes. If you have more that you'd like to know, we'll quickly finish off. Uh, on a listener question, we've got one from Sarah. She says that she used to drink Moscato. Um, now she's started on Savion Blanc. She's been drinking that for a few months, but she's looking to expand a bit more. What wine should she try next? Chardonnay. Oh, you love Chardonnay. <laughs> if she wants to stay to white wine, I mean, start with Cool Climate, move from Sauvignon Blanc to Cool Climate Chardonnay, because yeah. I often say that Cool Climate Chardonnay is the Chardonnay for Sauvignon Blanc drinkers. Yep. And if you're on reds then you know maybe a grenache yeah something a little bit softer and fruitier it sounds like that you like bang for buck yeah in your flavor so go for something that's got lots of flavor to it beautiful well we'll wrap up for this week thank you so much for joining us your homework is to go buy a few bottles of sparkling wine and see if you can taste the difference and we just have to finish these now oh poor us (laughs) we will pop on our instagram so we're interested our Instagram is Wine with Meg and Mel. We will pop up um, a picture of everything that we've tasted today and put down our notes so you can go taste them as well. And we'll see you next week. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy your next glass of wine. Drink well. Bye.